Hi Saints and welcome back to Supernatural by Design. My name is Jared. And in today's video, we are going to discover the profound intricacies of the Revelation 12 sign. And I promise you that it's nothing like you've ever heard before. In fact, I've never heard it before. This is profound. You have to watch this because this sign will highlight profound milestones of God's prophetic timeline. In fact, even to the very year that Jesus Christ was crucified for us. And so you are in for a real treat. And so with that being said, thank you for joining me today. I pray that you've been having a wonderful and blessed week and that God's grace and peace is with you as we wait together for the inevitable rapture of the body of Christ. And yes, it will happen before Daniel's 70th week. Let's go ahead and start the video and uncover the phenomenal details of the Revelation 12 sign. But to do that, we need to break this video into four separate topics. The first one will be a simple recap of the Revelation 12 sign in 2017 and covering some of the celestial details around it. And then secondly, we will add on to the Revelation 12 sign. Meaning, what does the Revelation 12 sign help us to understand about right now on God's prophetic time clock? And then thirdly, we will see that the Revelation 12 sign is connected to the story of Esther for some profound reasons. And then lastly, how does the Revelation 12 sign tie in to Daniel's 70th week? which at the end of this video will prove without a shadow of a doubt that the Revelation 12 sign of 2017 was an absolute celestial sign from God. However, I do have some bonus content at the end of the video that will absolutely blow your mind. It's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. You have to watch the bonus content at the end. It's a surprise, but just watch to the end, please. Okay, let's get started. So, let's just start out with the sign. Here is 9.23 of 2017, when the woman is clothed with the sun and the moon at her feet, plus the nine stars of Leo and the three wandering stars, Mercury, Mars, and Venus, as the 12 stars of her crown. And one thing that I've learned is that this date, this celestial setup that you're looking at, was the climax of the Revelation 12 sign. Because you see, According to Hebcal, the Feast of Trumpets actually started on 9-20. There's that 11 date. Isn't that interesting? There's an 11 date tied to this Feast of Trumpets of 2017. And it occurred on a Wednesday. I know that seems arbitrary, but that will be very significant and profound here in a moment. But nonetheless, when we take a look at 9-20 in 2017, turning to Stellarium, this is the celestial setup. But notice, the sun is clothing the woman, almost, and the moon is not at the bottom of her feet just yet. However, if we zoom into Regulus, Venus is in conjunction with it, and that is a big detail. In fact, we've been discussing that in the War is Coming video series. Conjunctions around this star Regulus are very unique. In fact, if you recall, in a different celestial sign, the first leg of the X out pattern over America, God used two total solar eclipses to do this, seven years apart. That will be important here in a second too. 
However, my point is that that 821 total solar eclipse, there's that 11 date again, it too was in conjunction with Regulus. Which is fascinating because both the Revelation 12 sign and this total solar eclipse, God used conjunctions with the same star Regulus and in the same year. And so we had two 11 date celestial signs doing the exact same thing. The Revelation 12 sign and this total solar eclipse. Isn't God's precision fascinating? It's profound. Now, coming back to our Revelation 12 sign, Jupiter in this sign represents Jesus Christ, the child of the Revelation 12 sign. And how do we know that for certain? Well, remember, Jupiter is the king planet. And we're told in Revelation 12 that this child will rule all the nations. That sounds like a king. And to further demonstrate this, here's a clip from the Lion King Eclipse video from earlier this year. Check this out. Jupiter passed Regulus, changed its mind, stopped and went back for a second close approach. That's two. Passed Regulus again, changed its mind, and came back for a third close approach. Triple conjunction, much more rare, much more rare. And if you choose to see it, Jupiter has just drawn a halo or a crown over the king planet. Interesting. I can see king there, can't you? I can see king, king, king. Wasn't that interesting? But he also mentions in the video that Jesus was born on 9-11. There's that 11-date connection again. In addition, tying Jupiter to Jesus, just like the Revelation 12 sign. But nonetheless, my whole point for showing you that clip over Jesus' birth and the Magi that tracked this conjunction is that more precisely because it occurred in the constellation of Leo, as Leo, the lion, is associated with Jesus being from the tribe of Judah. And so flipping back to our Revelation 12 sign of 2017, Leo has to do with Israel. In fact, to that point, Virgo also has to do with Israel, as it would be the nation of Israel that would birth the Messiah the child of the Revelation 12 sign. In fact, Revelation 5.5 tells us that exactly, the root of David. And so we have Leo and Virgo tying to Israel, which makes sense because Daniel's 70th week is all about Israel. A seven-year period. A seven-year period. Which then begs the question, is the Revelation 12 sign tied to a seven-year period versus, let's say, a six-year period. And so if that, if that truly is correct, is there a celestial sign that is blatantly obvious on the Feast of Trumpets seven years from 2017? Well, let's take a look at Hebcal real quick and see what day the Feast of Trumpets occurs on. Well, it occurs on October 2nd of 2024. And look, on a Wednesday. Remember the Feast of Trumpets in 2017 was also on a Wednesday. That is very interesting. Supernatural by design, you might say. But that still doesn't tell us that there's a celestial sign. But check this out. On the Feast of Trumpets of 2024 is an annular solar eclipse. Isn't that incredible? God has marked a seven-year period from Feast of Trumpets to Feast of Trumpets, Wednesday to Wednesday, 
with celestial signs. And our Feast of Trumpets in 2024 is marked with an eclipse. And what's even more profound, notice how it's in conjunction with Mercury. Remember that these Feast of Trumpets occur on Wednesdays? Pulling up its little planet chart. The seven visible bodies, the Moon, Mercury, Venus, the Sun, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, it turns out that Mercury is associated with Wednesday. Isn't that interesting? Further providing proof that this annual eclipse caps the Revelation 12 sign of 2017 on the Feast of Trumpets, Tishri 1, the start of the Hebrew calendar, which is incredible to think about. Why? Well, coming back to that crisscross pattern over America, the last leg is on 4-8 of 2024. Did you know that 4-8 is Nissan 1? What am I saying? God has used only two solar eclipses of 2024 to mark whichever Hebrew calendar start date you go with. Whether you believe the Hebrew year starts on Nissan 1 God has it covered with a solar eclipse. Or you believe that Tishri 1 is the start of the Hebrew year, God has it covered with a solar eclipse. However, it's the latter one that is the cap to the Revelation 12 sign. Seven years apart. Seven years apart. And so it then begs the question, does Daniel's 70th week begin the Hebrew year that straddles 2024 and 2025? Well, in short, yes. But let me not get too ahead of myself. We'll come back to that later. Although it is important to note, the start of Daniel's 70th week is an entirely separate event than the rapture. The rapture is tied to sudden destruction. The start of Daniel's 70th week is tied with a peace covenant. In fact, I believe we get raptured this fall. Everything is pointing to that. For example, the wedding ring eclipse in October. That lands perfectly on the hand of Virgo. And not that the rapture is on that day, but that's what that sign is pointing to. In fact, the October eclipse thematically originates out of Esther chapter 2, verse 17. Not to mention, it's connected to Revelation 12. Isn't that incredible? And so, let's check that out. In that verse, we have that the king loved Esther. Well, the king is King Ahasuerus, and his nickname is the Lion King. And so that's the Leo part of our Revelation 12 sign. Esther is associated with Venus, but notice Esther obtained grace and favor, and the king loved her more than all the virgins. Sounds a little bit like Virgo. But anyways, the Lion King, King Ahasuerus, sets the royal crown upon her head. That's the exact same symbolism of the crown in Revelation 12. But what about Queen Vashti? That's Israel, and it's connected to the Virgo part. But isn't that interesting that you can make a case that the Revelation 12 sign is contained in Esther chapter 2, verse 17? And our October eclipse highlights that as well. And I think the most fascinating part is the fact that Venus is consistent in the Revelation 12 sign and this upcoming October eclipse. Always amazed at God's consistent patterns. And so moreover, the Revelation 12 sign, even from an Esther perspective, is profound. And just in general, the Revelation 12 sign, God has marked it 
with two celestial signs seven years apart. Isn't that profound? God is incredible, absolutely incredible in his timing, precision, and consistency just to let us know it's a sign from him. In fact, arguably, celestial signs are the only thing that men can't tamper with. And thank goodness for that. And so, rounding out this video, I just want to add one more unique detail. And that is to officially put the Revelation 12 sign onto our celestial countdown to Christ. Thousand year reign. Because saints, it provides the bridge to the year of 2025. Daniel's 70th week. Now, granted, this timeline is cluttered. But the Revelation 12 sign would fit right here after the Israeli Tetrad temple part, but before 2025. However, and on a side note, with respect to the Israeli Tetrad temple part, definitely do owe you an update video to that because the red heifers turning to this side proves this pattern. Because from left to right, Israel was regathered the Passover before the Tetrad, and then in the middle, Israel recaptured Jerusalem before the Passover of 1968, placing it in the middle of the Tetrad. And so the pattern follows 2021-2022 Tetrad. Israel will reestablish the temple, the Passover after the Tetrad, but before the Passover of 2024. That's what the red heifers are all about. In fact, that Passover connection is even related to our Revelation 12 sign in a way. That's why 2024 is marked with two solar eclipses at the start of the Hebrew years. One being linked to the Feast of Trumpets and the other being linked to Passover. And so, moreover, the fact that this red heifer is being tied to the temple right where we expect it to, based on God's celestial signs, helped to qualify this overall celestial pattern and even unto the Revelation 12 sign. Because if the Israeli Tetrad pattern is correct, then that pattern is correct. And moreover, the entire celestial countdown to Christ's thousand year reign is correct. We need to see evidence that these patterns are correct. And the red heifers are just one. There's many of them I could go through, but we're on the Revelation 12 sign. Well, anyways, let's show how this Revelation 12 seven year sign fits into this pattern uniquely. Because again, remember, it's the bridge to Daniel's 70th week. So to see how this fits in, we first need to isolate the millennial tetrad as this celestial sign plays a crucial role in understanding when Jesus Christ returns. Well, I'm sorry, technically when the millennial temple is up and running. Right, if we know the end cap, we can work backwards for Daniel's 70th week. So why is the millennial tetrad so important to our Revelation 12 sign? Well, let me turn to this side. Recall that the Israeli Tetrad, a separate name highlighting the significance of the four total lunar eclipses being related to the regathering of Israel and the recapture of Jerusalem, those total lunar eclipses that fell on Jewish feast days, all eight of them, were also one sorrow cycle apart, 18 years as part of the same lunar pattern. They literally are mathematically connected to each other. Remembering that the sorrow cycle is a scientific term defining how all eclipses follow an 18-year cycle. And so moreover, what's really helpful about having the Israeli Tetrad is that God has given us 
a foundational pattern, which is why the millennial tetrad a part of a different 18-year sorrow cycle pattern because all eight total lunar eclipses are one sorrow cycle apart and landing on Jewish feast days, God is pointing to the fact that this is a key sign because of the historical precedence of the Israeli tetrad. Hopefully that makes sense. I know for some of y'all, this is just repeat information. However, if you're new to the channel, this may be the first time you've ever heard something like this. But to not get bogged down in the Celestial Signs 101, definitely check out the video playlist called The Celestial Countdown to Christ's Thousand Year Reign. I have a playlist with all the videos in there, and I explain in more detail a lot of these concepts. But let's move forward for time's sake. Okay, so the Millennial Tetrad is a key component. Think of it as maybe the walls to this house. And the Celestial Signs that are in it get you from wall to wall with the Revelation 12 sign being one of them. Okay, so let's turn to our next slide. So the outside pattern you are looking at is that millennial tetrad, representing the walls of the celestial pattern. And in the middle are the only four solar eclipses for a two-year period, two in 2023 and two in 2024. But what makes these four solar eclipses unique? The bottom two we've already discussed as part of our Revelation 12 Nissan 1 and Tishri 1 connections. However, all four are the exact, check this out saints, are the exact middle points in time, halfway between the millennial tetrad. So for example, the Passover total lunar eclipse on 4-15-2014 on the top left of the screen here is matched to the total lunar eclipse of 425 of 2032 on the right side of the screen. Well, the exact middle point of that was the hybrid 420-2023 eclipse. Remember, that's the Antichrist eclipse. Okay, that eclipse is the exact middle. Well, the October eclipse is coming up next month. That one is the exact middle of the Tabernacles total lunar eclipses of 2014 and 2032. Right? So, you, are you seeing this pattern? So, the bottom two solar eclipses that are related to our Revelation 12 sign. They are the exact middle in time, nine years to the left, nine years to the right, of the corresponding Passover pair of total lunar eclipses and a tabernacle pair of total lunar eclipses of 2015 and 2033. Okay? Okay, this is a lot. But what we're going to focus in on the bottom half of the millennial tetrad. Why? because the two solar eclipses in the middle there are the ones that are directly connected to our Revelation 12 sign. So keep that pattern in the back of your mind. Just set that aside for a second. Because we need to bring in the Shemitah cycle here in order to appreciate how the Revelation 12 sign fits into this pattern. And therefore, turning to this slide for the Shemitah cycle part. Because on the bottom left-hand side, on 514-1948, Israel was regathered. However, that was three and a half years from 1952, the start of the Shemitah cycle. But because God moves in whole Shemitah cycles, seven years, there has to be another three and a half years accounted for. And since 2022 was a Shemitah year, then three and a half years from there is 2025. Which is interesting, because that's the exact same year the Aseans 
predict the start of Daniel's 70th week. That's interesting. However, the main takeaway is that there's this three and a half year gap between 2022 and 2025. Now, pairing that with our millennial tetrad, how does the Revelation 12 sign fit into this? That is a great question. Check this out. Now turning to this slide right here, as we've just gone through and laid out all the building blocks to understand this fascinating celestial pattern that God has placed for us. And by doing so, we can now see how the Revelation 12 sign will take us to Daniel's 70th week. A seven-year sign for a seven-year period. How fitting is that? God's incredible. Okay, let's walk through this, going from left to right. 2022 was a Shemitah year, and there's that three-and-a-half-year wave Shemitah pattern pointing towards 2025. But 2022 also contained our Israeli tetrad, pointing to the temple aspect coming soon. Now, for the year of 2023, what we're in right now, that first hybrid eclipse is pointing to the rise of the Antichrist coming very soon. And then the second eclipse, that's tied to our Esther connection. That's 2023. Now, moving to 2024, this, saints, is where the Revelation 12 sign cap occurs and how it fits into this pattern based on the fact that God has marked the start of Nisan 1 and Tishri 1 with solar eclipses. And therefore, that Hebrew year start takes us into 2025. Remembering that the Hebrew year straddles two Gregorian years. Now, with that being the case, doesn't it now make sense why the SDG Summit 2030 Agenda is unique? Because the Hebrew year that straddles 2029 and 2030 is the halfway point of Daniel's 70th week. That's interesting. In fact, 2029 is marked with four partial solar eclipses. For reference, 2020 had four partial eclipses as well. And so, rounding this out, three and a half years from 2029 is 2032 and 2033. Isn't that incredible? And so our Revelation 12 sign, saints, that's the connection point, the bridge, if you may, that leads into Daniel's 70th week. That's fascinating. But hey, can I add just one more detail here? Not about the Revelation 12 sign. However, another way to prove that 2032 is the end of Daniel's 70th week, because saints, it's profound. I got to show you this. This is absolutely fascinating. Here, let me turn to this slide right here. That's kind of our foundational backdrop. The Millennial Tetrad, Christ's Thousand Year Reign. Now, this fascinating detail we're about to see is connected to the concept of the two days being 2,000 years and the third day being a thousand years of Christ's millennial reign. Find that in Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Not going to go through all that, but just that's where this is founded on. Because, saints, this is incredible. What I first want to do is pull up the dates of the 2032 and 2033 tetrad eclipses. So, boom. Because what we're going to see is that 2032 marks the end of 2,000 years. And 2033 is the first year of Christ's thousand-year reign. The Millennial Tetrad, by definition. 
This is a fascinating discovery. Okay. First, I want to start out with Chuck Missler, one of the late and great Bible teachers of a generation. And then we'll get to the celestial proof backing this up. And so here's slide number one, which I know other brothers in Christ have presented this information. I'm just using Chuck's slides. But anyways, he outlines that Christ's ministry began in the fall of 20 AAD. Now, Tiberius was appointed in 14 AD, as his predecessor died in 14 AD. However, according to Luke chapter 3, verse 1, it was in the 15th year of Tiberius' reign, so 29 AD, that Jesus attends his first Passover, mentioned in the scriptures. And so we can actually count the ministry of Jesus by four Passovers that he attended. The last, of course, being crucifixion. And back-checking this, turn to this slide. Here are the four Passover feasts if you want to go check those out in Scripture, which I highly suggest that you do. It's important to read this stuff. But anyways, coming back to this first slide, it highlights the fact that Jesus was crucified in 32 AD. In fact, if you notice, he has Sir Robert Anderson in 1894. Who's that? Well, let me turn to this slide. This brother in Christ did an extensive day count using Daniel's 70-week prophecy, chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. But anyways, counts out 69 weeks of years, as Daniel prophecy points out, began from the commandment to restore Jerusalem. From March 14th of 445 B.C., counting out 69 weeks of years, showed that Jesus entered into Jerusalem for that for that Passover week in 30 in 32 AD. Um, real quickly, I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. May you receive all glory honor and praise okay sorry just this is deep okay so i know that there is debate among christian theologians about what year was christ crucified well you know one thing i love about god's celestial signs is that he makes it obvious you see, knowing that the moon is God's faithful witness, according to Psalm 89:37, we also learn from Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, that the faithful witness is one of Jesus' titles. And therefore, there's a connection between the moon and Jesus. And so as the full moon represents the, the Lamb of God, a total lunar eclipse represents the slain Lamb. Okay, you're not going to believe this, but check this out. Turn into an Excel file of all the lunar eclipses. If we take a look at the lunar eclipses between 28 AD and 36 AD, just to be, to capture all instances and debates about what year Christ was crucified, it turns out that on April 14th of 32 AD was the only year that contained a total lunar eclipse on Passover week. Not 30, not 31, not 33, but 32 AD, April 14th. And where this gets 
even more supernatural by design, as if it isn't already, if we take this total lunar eclipse Passover eclipse and bring it back to our millennial tetrad slide, remembering that 2032, 2000 years from 32 AD is the close of 2000 years, which is exactly what the prophet Hosea tells us in chapter 6, verse 2, that it's after two days. And 2033 is the first year of the next thousand years. And the very next line of Hosea, that he will raise Israel up on the third day. And notice that the total lunar eclipse on April 14th of 2033, marking Passover, marks the anniversary of when Christ was crucified in, in 32 AD. April 14th, April 14th, reminds me of this verse here. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, with verse 9 for context, it's in context of the end times. And I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of pleading, so that they will look at me whom they pierced. And our April 14th Passover total lunar eclipses exemplify this verse right here. Now bringing this back out, let's let's bring this back out to the surface. Thank you for going on a deep dive with me here. It was important to see this Passover connection, how the Passover eclipses prove that 2032 and 2033 is the end of Daniel's 70th week and ushering in Christ's thousand-year reign, which is a second line of evidence since by definition the millennial tetrad points out 2032 all on its own. Now, backing out from that is 2025, and as we've seen throughout this video, that 2024 is the end cap of our Revelation 12 sign. And so, in closing, the Revelation 12 sign of 2017, despite the skeptics, was a celestial sign it's for Israel. And we know that because seven years later, on the Feast of Trumpets again, on a Wednesday again, and then just to solidify that God's pointing to Wednesday, the solar eclipse is in conjunction with a planet for Wednesday. That's incredible. In fact, to that point, revisiting the super blue moon from the previous video, that too was on a Wednesday. So the real question is, why is God pointing out Wednesday? To be quite honest, I don't know. I'm just pointing out that there's a pattern here. But if you have some sort of clue that the Holy Spirit has revealed to you, please comment down below. But either way, the fact that Wednesday is tied to our Feast of Trumpets, Revelation 12 sign of 2017, and our Feast of Trumpets, Solar Eclipse of 2024, and being seven years apart, demonstrates that these two celestial signs are connected. And that, saints, is supernatural by design. But now, for our bonus content, saints, this is incredible. It proves everything that we've discussed in this video. So to start, let me pull up this article from Starwalk, an astronomical news publication. C-2023-A3 Discussion Atlas, 
which I totally just butchered that. <laughs> but anyways, will it be the next great comet? Or how about this article? Newly discovered comet arriving in 2024 could be brighter than Venus. In fact, many astronomers are saying that this particular comet of 2024 will outshine the stars. That's interesting. However, what makes it supernatural by design is that it's visible during our Feast of Trumpet solar eclipse. Isn't that crazy? I mean, what are the odds of that? What are the odds of that? Not to mention, it literally goes through Virgo, almost as if pointing at Virgo from one end, passes through it, and then switches the arrow back to Virgo just to let you know that, hey, this is about Virgo, which is who? Israel. Isn't that fascinating? And so, placing that comment right here, since it further qualifies that our annular eclipse is the capstone to our Revelation 12 sign. Saints, that's incredible. The timing of this comment. It's like, how more, how much more clear could God make this celestial pattern stick out? Well, God did just that. Check out this article. Apparently, there's another comet that will be visible on the 4-8 total solar eclipse. Isn't that wild? Comet Pons Brooks. They even state in the article, it's not often a bright comet is near the sun during a total solar eclipse. On April 8, 2024, catch Comet 12P Pons Brooks visit to the solar system. Isn't that crazy? So now we can add that comet onto the solar eclipse. Saints, God is just absolutely incredible. This is phenomenal. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, we know what this means for Israel, but what does that mean for the church? It's going home time to be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Messiah, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen and praise God, Maranatha, King Jesus, which is where we're going to end today's video. God bless I love y'all, Jesus loves y'all, and he's coming soon. We are almost out of here, saints.